There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. But you're not on All right, so what is that thing that's always on your to-do list that just keeps getting pushed down to the bottom and you don't ever seem to get it done? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Why are we Good talking day. about this, Bradley? Oh, well, thanks for asking because I got some stuff done this weekend okay. and I'm the king of the world. Or the queen, depending on where you sit. However, Saturday, I don't know if you remember this, was a beautiful, delightful day for doing nothing outside. It was very gross. And so, therefore, I was inside and I got some stuff done that has been... Do you have those things that are like, they're always on your to-do list? And like, for example, for me, it was... Uh, some drawers that needed to be cleaned out, like full you need of stuff. To clean your drawers. I need to clean my drawers. I had some dirty drawers. No, I had some full drawers. They were full, and they needed to be emptied. Mm-hmm. I needed to empty my drawers yes. because, like for example, my t-shirt drawer. Uh huh. It's overflowed, overflowing. It was overflowing with t-shirts, and I'm like, I need to organize it, and I need most importantly to dump about two thirds of this to uh, the donation pile. Yes. But it's it's one of those things that I always put off doing because I've always got other more pressing things that need to get off that list first. Right. So finally, Saturday afternoon, it was like, okay, well, not going outside and I've already taken my nap. What am I going to do? So I, you know, proceeded to do that, that and it literally took like 20 minutes. I was just like, dump, dump, donate, 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 you know, save, yep. refold, stick in drawer, done. And I'm like, oh. Wouldn't it be nice to just get those things done more often so that every time you open the drawer, you're not thinking to yourself, I really should donate all the extra t-shirts I have. And I feel like people underestimate the emotional sort of lightness of something like that. Oh my God. I literally felt like I won the weekend. I was like, all right, uh, what else you got? Yeah. Because I've done it all. Yeah. And really, I didn't do much of anything. I mean, it literally took me probably about a half hour's work. And um, it just required that attention that you don't give those kinds of things. And that's why they always, for me anyway, I always have that that extra, you know, five things on my list that I'm like, I keep thinking about the basement, for example. There's all these sorts of things that I would love to get rid of in my basement. Does that ever happen? No. What are those things for you? That's why we asked the question, 651-641-1071. Let's go to Sue. Sue is on the line. Hi, Sue. What is that? What are those things at the bottom of your to-do list that always keep on getting pushed down? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very happy for Bradley. And mine's kind of similar, sort of, is I have 
this chore of taking old paint cans and other hazardous waste to the hazardous waste drop-off. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, you know, I'm worried about the paint cans in my car, and I know that there's a couple more I need to check on in the basement and see if they need to go, and it's just, oh, my God, I keep meaning to get it done. And it's like, yeah, those are those things where it's like, I know I have to go to a place to do it. And it's difficult to set aside that time. Sue, thank you for your thank call. You. And good luck to you. Some of those things that you have to do that are inside the house, they usually take less time than you think they are going to. Yeah. And then they like pay the dividends like yeah. immediately. But it's those things like Sue was talking about where it's like, oh, I got to go to that place and do that thing. And it's something you do so rarely that it feels insurmountable. Uh, let's go to Bailey. Hello, Bailey. Bailey, what is that thing that always gets pushed to the bottom of your to-do list? So it's the, the big, like, clothes mountain that always forms in your room where you buy new clothes or you do laundry, and instead of putting anything away, you just start a pile, and it just gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And you always say to yourself, I'll get to that later. Yeah, and then it's like, it's not only tall, but it's wide, and it's half the room. It's awful. I literally have a winter pile happening in my uh, room right now because of that very thing where I'm switching out clothes, but I, I'm not actually completing the mission. I'm just sort of piling at this point. <laughs> it's never ending. I know. Uh, thank you for your <laughs> call, luck. Bailey. 651-641-1071. What is that chore that always gets pushed to the bottom of your list, the thing you can never seem to get to? What about you? Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? Yeah, well, but I will say, I will say, so we started this thing this year at the beginning of the school year. I said, um, because I, I maybe I don't know that everybody knows, I started graduate school this year. So I work, I go to graduate school, I have three children and all kinds of other things. You're busy. And I just said to my family, we can't get behind, we have to stay ahead of everything. So we instituted this thing where in the morning, a timer goes off that tells everybody we have to do 15 minutes of cleaning. Oh, wow. And then the same thing happens at the end of the day. And everybody knows 15 minutes, you got to like get up and I will give assigned jobs if I have to. But what that's done is it has given me the time to do some of those things because 15 minutes does not feel like a long time. No. And you get a lot more done than you think you will. So, I mean, the little things I have are like, like what Sue said the things that require me to gather things into the car and go to the place to drop them off. Yeah. Like the hazardous waste. Um, our donate pile keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just have to shove the stuff in the car and go do it. I know one of the things on Jamie's list is like uh, mending. So like if we have any mending that needs to be done, he's the the mender transporter. Uh-huh. So he takes everything to the lady who does the like, you know, if there's, I don't know, a button popped off or a seam ripped or, you know, something needs to be hemmed. Yeah. Then, But it, that's like one of those things where it's like, um, do I really have time today to do that? And uh, but once you do it, you just feel immensely gratified. Absolutely. Because you just have the lightness of not having to put your emotional energy toward it any longer. And then, you know, then you can find something else to put your emotional energy toward. Um, But yeah, I would say those are the things, the things that you have to do outside that require somebody else's attention or that take travel time to do. Mary's on the line. Hi, Mary. 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 Mary, what is that thing that always gets pushed down to the bottom of your list? Uh, photo books and t- photos. I take photos the old-fashioned way with a camera mm-hmm. where I print them out, and I fill little photo books for all my grandchildren. And so now I have piles of photos that I have to sit down and sort through 
their concerts and yeah. birthdays and get them in order. Do you and still do you still do I'm waiting for it to snow. Do you still what? yeah. Okay, but Mary, we're not ready for that yet, but but we will be happy Saturday. when it snows for you. But Mary <laughs> Yeah, well you, that's the only time I'll get it done yeah. if it's a blizzard, a snow day. Yep. Mary, yeah. do you still do you write on the backs of pictures? I do. I'm doing that. It really makes a difference. It, it does. does. I was just going to say, I love that thing. Even if I just put the date on. Yes. You know, you got to put the year on it anyway. And yes. then you can figure the rest out. But yeah. Thank Thanks, you for Mary. your call, Mary. I will say that the one benefit to old photos like that, that she's talking about, is you, you do have a task in front of you. With digital photos, I frequently, that's another thing on the back of my list where I'm like, I need to sit down and go through my photos digitally yep. and get rid of the ones that I don't need and actually curate the photos I have because we don't live in a world where you have to curate any photos. Right. I mean, they can just sit in a cloud nebulously, but like who gets to enjoy them then? Right. Why did you take all those photos if they're not going to be enjoyed by someone? I wholeheartedly agree. And I just, to what Mary said about um, needing to write on the back, that is one of the things that I treasure so much when I go through old photos. Mm-hmm. I I can look at them and I know because I come from a long line of uh, back of the photo writers yeah. that I can flip it over and I can see exactly who it is yeah. that's in that picture, what they were doing and around what time, you know, what date it was and how old everybody was. That was the thing my mom was meticulous about was she always put how old we were in the picture. And I love that. And I feel like I fail as a mother because I don't do that for my own kids. The good news is with digital photos, it'll tell you when it was taken. And more importantly, in the future, if not already, face recognition software will tell you who it is. Exactly. So that's the good news. Uh, When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, a notable death over the weekend. And Bradley is going to kind of educate us all a little bit more about Rip Taylor after this on My Talk 107.1. Notable death over the weekend, and uh, Bradley's going to give us an, all an opportunity to get to know Rip Taylor a little bit better on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello! I feel like that's a very Rip Taylor way of saying hello, yes. which, you know, it was just sad news yesterday to learn that Rip Taylor had passed, and if you're of a certain age, you have a cultural awareness. He was in the pop culture uh, atmosphere um, for those of us of a certain age and it was sad to hear that he passed I mean a lot of people honestly probably didn't realize he was still alive you maybe have heard the name Rip Taylor but maybe you didn't realize he was still with Chicken. us right yeah um, sadly he passed though at like 84 or 85 people aren't quite sure exactly how old he was he wouldn't be the first celebrity to lie about his age uh, but he was, you know, in his 80s, um, passed away after some complications from, um, I think he had like pneumonia or something. So had a partner of, of a long time. And, uh, you know, again, just one of those people from a different age in Hollywood and television. And I thought, you know, I just want to throw out one last bucket of confetti for Rip Taylor because... For a young, a little gay kid like myself um, in the closet in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, 30 years ago, seeing somebody like Rip Taylor on TV. Now, he wasn't openly gay. He, I don't know that he ever came out, so to speak, like a lot of us did uh, or felt the need to. Um, but you read him as gay. Like, that's what we used to do when we watched TV. Right. Was we kind of had to interpret for ourselves like, oh, I identify with this person. I don't know why. Wink, wink, I kind of know why. But nobody talked about it. Right. And while he was very popular with a certain generation of Americans, mostly from like World War II on, um, 
you know, for those of us, again, uh, watching TV at a very young age, seeing him show up on Hollywood Squares or, you know, a game show or something like that and throw out his iconic bag of confetti, you know, that meant something because it was like, ooh, there's somebody that looks familiar yeah. or sounds familiar, has this just way of interacting with the camera that we're not, you know, used to. And, and yeah, and, and it sort of, I mean, no doubt you would start to look toward the Rip Taylors, the Paul Lins, mm-hmm. the, that kind, that sort of display that felt like home to you. Yeah. I, my only interaction with Rip Taylor, I act like I knew him, uh, but I did sort of just because he was a semi regular on Hollywood Squares. Yep. And I do remember the glitter. But that's all that I remember of him. So I don't even really know a lot about his life and his legacy. Yeah. And and most people do know him from that bag of confetti that he would just throw out and he would run like, I mean, he'd show up on, you know, the Price is Right or show up on some game show and just like douse the He was the the original confetti bomber. Uh, Exactly. With, you know, and then, of course, his trademark mustache and then his big wig that he would wear a hairpiece. I mean, he had the fakest hair known to man. But his his like he does go all the way back and there is a life worth reading about. Um, There's been several there have been several tributes, of course, to him online since he passed. And, you know, you can uh, avail yourself of many of those. But I thought we could listen to a little clip of him. This was him on the Jerry Lewis telethon. Now we should set up like, where did all that confetti come from? And like, where did like, what is a Rip Taylor? Right. Like you and I uh, were raised in an age and even Holly to some degree where you just had these personalities out there, like a Joanne Worley or a Rip Taylor or a, Oh gosh, the the list is long. Paul Lind, these sort of just forces unto themselves mm-hmm. that would show up and you really weren't quite sure. Now your parents and more importantly sometimes your grandparents knew full well who these people were because they grew up watching them on Ed Sullivan or saw them in Vegas. Right. You know, they had a, a greater connection. We just saw them as sort of like jokesters Quirky, and older people celebrity like yeah. people so um and usually they did show up like on game shows yeah like you didn't know what a paul lind was or a um again like a joanne worley or i mean the list goes on anyway i wanted to play a little clip of him showing up on the jerry lewis telethon and i think this is from the 70s this is from 1984 oh this is from the 80s and um it, it gives you now there's a visual component which you're not going to get he's pulling a lot of dumb gags out of his bag and like a rubber chicken with a spring on it and spring chicken. Uh And this is kind of his thing. He got the, he got his nickname from the Ed Sullivan, uh, Ed Sullivan himself when he debuted on his show um, as the crying comedian, because his jokes were so bad that he would cry to get the audience to feel sorry. I'm Bradley trainer and I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called blinded by the item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this. A list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Sorry for him uh-huh. and then laugh with him. So funny. And it's because his jokes were so bad. So here's a little clip of him on the uh, Jerry Lewis telethon kind of rehashing his old shtick. Put this here. Now, first of all, I want to welcome, first of all, this is... Uh, Captain Six Packs here. He's wearing a six pack on his head. Twenty-seven more to go. Spring chicken. 
Hello? Wait a second now, is this lady in the audience? My, oh my God, look at this. People find things under the stools. I can't believe this. Look at this, it's the odd couple. Wait a minute. Cups and saucers. Is this going well? Wait a second. I found these in the back. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what it is, whose it is. What is this? Is anybody find, anybody missing anything? It was a brief encounter, thank you. <laughs> Shoehorn. <laughs> Folks, I don't dance. It's five in the morning. And he would just go on from now. there and it you would know, get more ludicrous. Again, he would just hold up these dumb jokes. And obviously people were like, oh, okay. You know, it, I mean, you can see how Carrot Top definitely was inspired by Rip Taylor. Yeah. Gallagher, too. And Gallagher, yeah. And, you know, I would say Carrot Top maybe to like a lesser funny degree but um but there was something about like the quirk of his character and this this these sight gags that he would do yeah um that make it i don't know that he's he, I, it's funny to watch i i also think too you have to remember at the time and place like a person like this the fact that he's so clearly like over the top and flamboyant and just you know throwing uh bags of confetti at people for no other reason people didn't do these kinds of right. dumb things without being laughed at or feeling insecure so i like i'm not trying to read too much into a 10 minute segment about rip taylor of all things but it I think the value of people like him and performers like him at that time to people like me is that you could see somebody sort of like breaking through stereotypes and breaking through expectations and, you know, just trying to get people to laugh and have fun and and not considering like, oh, here's an obviously gay man who's, you know, maybe operating outside the bounds of what Hollywood or TV's expectations of them right. should be. And I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for, you know a sissy or two that um, Rip Taylor certainly illustrated. Uh, thank you very much, Bradley, for for sharing that with us. And um, I know a lot of people were really sad to hear about Rip Taylor's death over the weekend. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, that didn't stop the celebrities, though, from behaving badly. D-bags. They're D-bags. We're going to talk about them after this on My Talk 1071. celebrities they keep behaving badly and we keep talking about them on the colleen and bradley show my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com everything entertainment colleen lindstrom bradley trainer we have a name for those celebrities behaving badly that name is D-bag. presenting lord and lady douchebag of the day oh, you're gonna love this who's your d-bag farrah abraham what is Fair Abraham up to? Well, okay, so I don't know if you remember, she started this um, video series. She calls it a docu-comedy series. Oh, yeah, she's now a comedian, right? Yeah, she thinks she's funny, and so she talks at her camera and says hilarious things. Well, um, in her latest docu-comedy series, okay. uh, it's her fifth, by the way. Oh, um, like on Netflix? She, it's, no, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. So she just uploaded a video. Yeah, of her talking at the screen screen and thinking she was funny. Well, she explains uh, why people are broke and what's wrong with broke people. Okay. Meaning why people don't have money. I'm excited to hear 
why so people first, are broke. first she explains that she really likes luxury, mm. and she doesn't really care if she breaks her luxury items because she works so hard. So, for example, quote. I do like quality cars. I do like luxury cars. Just like I like Fendi and Louis Vuitton glasses, and then I break them. That's my life. That's my choice. And that's why I work hard. Let me live a little. Let me break some luxurious things. Whatever. Okay. So it starts there. I don't know what's being said here. And then she goes on to explain that she's a super points mom. What's a super points mom, Bradley? Uh, Like, does she save points on her credit card or something? Correct. Oh, I do she that. I'm loves, a super points mom. She loves to rack up her credit card points. She says, some people are super bargain mom, but I'm like super points mom. Point me to a vacation that I don't have to pay for. I love points. I do agree. I am a points mom. But then she says, she also has her bargain mom moments. Okay. I love people who bargain. I love eco. What's eco? I don't know. People who are conscious of saving food and sharing it with others. Okay, but here's where it really sh- where she really shines. Uh, this is where she explains the broke mentality. People who are broke. Okay. Okay. And I quote: "This is Farah Abraham and her docu comedy series on YouTube about people is who are broke." Is any of this supposed to be funny? Yeah, it's all supposed to be funny. It's a docu comedy series. Okay, I don't even know what that is. Neither do I. Because I think okay. <sighs> Here we go, Farah Abraham. On being broke. Me being a mom and dad, I just don't entertain Wait, laziness. She's a mom what? and a dad? Yeah, because she's a she, single mom, so she's the mom and the dad. She has sperm? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. I just don't entertain laziness. I'm working till 12 o'clock at night. What are you guys doing? Partying oh. and thinking you're working? When some people take a week to send me back headshots... <laughs> Why are people sending your headshots? Some people can't get some little things sent. They want to add to my weekend. They want to actually take away time from my weekend and not plan appropriately. This is why they're not successful. And this is why they're all broke. I would say on top of all the broke mentality that I deal with, I've noticed one thing that I can count on not to be broke is myself and my ethic and keeping other people in line. You know, here's what I love about Farrah Abraham is she is committed to her shtick which is just absurd her shtick is just absurd i mean but you can hear it out of her mouth it makes total sense to her yes she's like these broke ass bitches are broke because they don't do what i want them to do dumb bitches and i'm sorry let's talk about this um how do you think that plays to the world to say people who don't have money don't have money because they're yeah lazy yeah well she wouldn't be the first and in fact I just want people just to sit with leave that. that. Just sit with that, though. Just sit that, yeah. ruminate on that, carry that into your week. That's what Farrah Abraham thinks. Sounds- and she's upset because your laziness adds to her workload. It sounds like somebody's dad from like 1985. You know, like, you're just a failure because. You haven't applied yourself. Yeah. Or it sounds like somebody in 2019 Careful. who's like, you <laughs> yeah. haven't manifested that in oh, your yes. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if, and if it's familiar. not showing up for you, it's because you didn't do it well yeah. or hard enough. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. I, I next time I travel to a part of the world, I'm going to shut up now. 
Good idea. Because you know where I'm going. Go, I uh, know yeah. exactly where you're going. There yeah. is the road. Bye. Yeah, bye. I would like to... Br- Actually, that makes me want to bring Fair Abraham to certain places in the world. Can you... Okay, I need you to do a little thought experiment <laughs> I with don't me. Wanna, I don't want to... Okay, I'm not going to get too deep into this, okay. but let's just, for one moment, imagine you going on a trip that you've gone on in the past where you've perhaps witnessed a different way of life and you've learned a lot from it. Mm. And you came back a really like a changed person in Mm. terms of like how you were able to see things. Mm -hmm. Imagine when you touch down, Mm -hmm. you have a companion that you're going to bring with you to, to do the work that you've done in these places. And that person is Farrah Abraham. I'm an eternal optimist most of the time, but where this is concerned, I think I would have a really hard time convincing or getting, I don't think Farrah Abraham would have the same experience I did. You have to be open in those types of environments. Uh Otherwise there it's those opportunities would probably be wasted on a person. I'd rather do a slideshow for her and then move on. I don't want to be involved. And I also don't want to be responsible for her getting her from point A to point B because she seems like a person that would be very hard to like sit on an airplane with. Oh, yeah. Also, I wouldn't be sitting with her on an airplane no. because she'd be up front she'd in, first be in first class, class because some rich sugar daddy paid the way. Precise. But she's a points lady. Okay. She's a points lady. Yeah. She's, a, she's points a points mom. Points mom. She's a points mom. Oh, she's all points. That's how she got all her money. Points. Okay. Well, you know, and you know how she got all of her points. From not being lazy. Paying for her plastic surgery. With her credit card. I really want to say some things. I I don't. I don't. Thank you. But I do want to give you a deep... Are you okay over there, Holly? I noticed some... (laughs) Thinking of all the things that I'm not going to mention about Fair That's the rough thing, right? Like, you have to just... There's... You have to be selective about which parts you're going to let come out of your mouth space. I'm going to get on my knees right now. You're just going to deal with internally. I'm going to get on my knees right now. Wow. I mean... And, I, uh, are we turning this conversation to something different? And uh, pray, okay, that we uh, move on. Okay, well, so I, I don't say anything. That prayer is answered. Okay. Moving on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Um, I want to make Elton John my d bag. Yay! Yay! Why? <clears throat> Why now? Because he's been your d bag before. He has. Um, because I just I like to troll Elton John a little bit. I just do. Uh-huh. And uh, the headline in page six was the totally unrelated until you get to the end. Queen Elizabeth slapped her nephew nephew across the face. I was like, what? Queen Elizabeth slapped her nephew across the face dot 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 in front of Elton John. So color me interested in all things royal right? slash Elton John. Right. So he's got a new book coming out. Elton John does. And in the book. He reveals that the British monarch once slapped her very nephew, Viscount Linley, whoever that is, apparently um, it's a thing. Uh, slap, <laughs> she slapped her nephew, Viscount Linley, across the face repeatedly. And in the little uh, blurb that Elton John shares in his book, this is what he says. Now picture this, will you? When he, this is Elton John talking, when he that is Viscount Lindley, the nephew of the Queen. Rip, uh, oh, let me set it up first. Apparently they were at a party. Okay. Queen is there. Viscount Lindley is there. Elton John is there. The Rocket Man, as page that's, six describes that's him, Elton John. claims that Queen Elizabeth asks her nephew, Viscount Lindley, to watch over his sister, Lady Sarah Armstrong Jones, because she wasn't feeling well and had left the f- festivities to go rest. 
However, Viscount Lindley, nephew of the Queen, did not have any interest in doing so. And here's where uh, Elton John continues. When he, Lindley, repeatedly tried to fob her off, I don't know if I just swore by the way, sorry. Neither do I. The Queen lightly slapped him across the face, saying, don't slap, argue, slap, with, slap, me, slap, I, slap, am, slap, the Queen! Okay, in my mind's eye, I see... The queen just getting all kinds of unhinged. Right. And just whacking. Don't slap. Or no, it's don't don't argue with me. I am the queen. And I want it to get progressively higher and louder every time. Dude. That's what I'm imagining, but I'm guessing that's not exactly how this all went down. Well, he goes on to say that when um, the queen noticed that John had witnessed her out of character behavior, that is. Uh, physically assaulting her nephew in public. Oh my gosh. Uh, she winked at him and walked away. <laughs> and he goes on to say, I know the queen's public image isn't exactly one of wild frivolity, but in private, she could be hilarious. Okay, so this is not... I kind of think that the big D-bag in this is less Elton John and more page six. Well, I would like to say Elton John, and here's why. You don't talk about the queen behind her back out in public, right? Like, I just feel that this is not the time or the place to be telling queen tales out of school. The kingdom. Out of the kingdom, (laughs) right? Like, you wait till that woman dies, like everybody else in the world, when you have delicious tidbits of gossip to share. And then you let that all out. You just spill the tea then. I do have to say, because it it makes it sound so sensational. And it sounds to me like it was probably just as she was like, patting patting him on the cheek. Don't mess with me. I am the queen. Yeah, exactly. And then the wink was like, ha ha. So page six and Elton John. Yeah, both of you. You're all douchebags. And I'm still going to read his book. Page, yes, please. I'm going to keep in my mind that it was an open hand slap to the face or she was using that nice Ferragamo bag that she always Just carries around. Which nobody really knows what's in it. Oh, I bet I know what's in it. A, cig- a lone cigarette oh, and I'm a chapstick? Sure it's a ciggy and like a little like flask with her favorite cocktail oh, in it. You know, first of all, ain't no flask. It's going to be like butterscotch discs. This woman did not get to be 100 years old. Sucking down bourbon. She loves her cocktail. She yeah. does love a cocktail for sure. I'm just saying, like, there's probably a flask with her cocktail in it where she can just like, nip off of it whenever. Also, can I just take page six to task for the photograph that they also used of the queen? Oh, it's my favorite. It's and in fact, I wanted to make this amazing. my profile photo because <laughs> so great. the queen looks like um, a lion She's gonna in, the, in the Serengeti yes. hiding behind the bushes, waiting to pounce on an antelope. <laughs> picture and it totally goes with this fake narrative that the queen <laughs> is, a, is just like raging. just yes <laughs> like hauls off and slaps her, her. The queen. <laughs> so good on you page six yeah. also kind of d-baggy <laughs> oh there we go wait let's do this again let's do this right okay are you ready, ready? yeah Your queen Here ready we go. don't argue with me i am the queen. There it is. Delightful. <sighs> well, Viscount we, Lindley was never the same. I wouldn't be either if the queen slapped me like that. Oh, I would we? be so grateful. <laughs> Do it again. Thank you, Your Highness. Do it again.
When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, oh my goodness, look at this. I have an anti-D-bag. I have the opposite of a D-bag. A moment of happiness that I shared with a celebrity this very morning. Oh no. To tell you about on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Okay, I have to uh, tell you guys about my anti-D-bag of the day. And it's somebody who I called a D-bag before on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Before I get to that anti-D-bag, I do want to remind people tomorrow at 10 o'clock a.m. sharp. Tickets for Project Down and Dirty Masterpiece go on sale. Yes, they know. So you're going to want to learn more about that by going to mytalk1071.com. And uh, you will, there's two different levels of tickets. One of them includes the reunion show. Uh, The other one does not include the reunion show. But either way, you're going to have a great time. And so do your research. Go to mytalk1071.com. And remember, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Set your timers. And it's very easily keyword masterpiece. Thank you. Keyword masterpiece. Now, uh, usually I give Amy Schumer the title of D-bag. Deservedly so. And I, she's a person. She's very similar to Kim Kardashian for me in the way that I feel conflicted about her. Like, most of the time, I think she's a little too much. Maybe a little self-absorbed, self-centered, a little off like off tone from the rest of the world. But then every once in a while she'll do something and I'll go, Oh my gosh, I love her for that. And the same thing, you know, I feel the same way about Kim Kardashian, but this time with Amy Schumer, what she did that I thought was really kind of thoughtful was she wrote a heartfelt post about the difficulty of going back to work uh, after you've had a child. Mm -hmm. And just basically, she took a moment on Instagram to post a picture of her with her child, whose name is Jean Attell Fisher. Yeah, let's and not I forget finally that this gotten is... to the point where I think that that's actually true. She named her child Jean Attell Fisher. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with that. Okay. Yep. Anyway, she showed a picture of her with her beautiful baby, and uh, she captioned it the following. I'm feeling strong and good, and like I'm still a human being with interests and ambitions and goals I'm excited to reach. It feels good. It felt good to be back at work. I was so worried about it and was afraid to go back after he was three months old. Uh, she says, there's been a couple days I've cried from missing her son, but it's mostly good to be back and the breaks energize me to be a better mom and appreciate our time even more. I have it a lot easier than many people, but I just wanted to share my experience. And listen, what I appreciate about that is she like in in a one paragraph or less explains all the complexities of making the choice of when and how and whether or not to go back to work. And she acknowledges that like the work energizes her and it is so good and it feeds her, but that she never feels, but she still feels like a sadness and in a, in a, um, like she misses her son, which is exactly, it's so very normal in the sense that, you know, she's talking to all women. I was going to say, um, or women who've been mothers. Right. And that that is completely relatable, which is something that I think we always appreciate from celebrities when they're they come across as genuine and they're therefore relatable, because if she's having a genuine sentiment, very likely other people will be able to relate to that. And I'm sure and just knowing moms who've gone through this um, firsthand, this is a struggle, not even a struggle. This is just the reality for them that, you know, little from column a a little from column b and you know they're getting through it and it's got to be nice to see that somebody even amy fit amy fisher 
Even Amy Fisher. That's her daughter. That's her daughter's name. (laughs) Jean Fisher. Anyway, um, that that, uh, you know, even Amy Fisher can relate. Yeah, and and so she she wrote this like this beautiful take on this, and of course, because I also think that we have a tendency to think that just because somebody is a celebrity, that it is an easier experience for them because she might have a nanny or she might be able to bring her child to the vicinity where she's working yeah. with her, but you still have to have a separation from them in order to do what you do solo. And that is a huge mind shift once you become a parent. So she, um, she posted this beautiful post and let me tell you what, like a bunch of celebrity mamas came out of nowhere just to support her in this. Um, for example, uh, Deborah Messing said, I went back to Will and Grace, but was lucky I could bring him every day. So every bathroom break, I'd hold him and I was able to breastfeed. But on show night, my body hurt from his absence. I felt a physical yearning and I questioned myself. I felt guilty. I would cry. It was hard. I'd feel such moments of joy making people laugh. I'd get lost in the work and it energized me and empowered me. And then I'd go home and literally sprint to his crib and rock him feeling like I was home. She said, it's hard being a working mom, but I believe that we are better moms when we are able to do what fills us one hour at a time, maybe. And Drew Barrymore said something very similar. And um, Padma Lakshmi also kind of came to the table and, and added her thoughts about it. And it just reminded me that like, whenever I can see Amy Schumer as like a thoughtful feeling person and not just kind of going for the cheap laugh, which sometimes I think she does. Well, I mean, she's a comedian, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what so she does. I think, honestly, what you're saying is that you appreciate her as a human being. You maybe don't necessarily appreciate her comedy, which I am fully in that camp. I mean, I, I've seen her live. I enjoyed the one experience that I had seeing her live. Um, but it's she's kind of one of those people where, like, once you see it, like, I, I feel like I don't need to see it again. Meaning, like, I get it. It's funny. She's kind of that, like, acerbic, you know, like, in-your-face like, here's the obvious, like, no, I don't want to say mean-spirited, because I don't think she's necessarily mean-spirited, but she feels like she's a truth-teller. Yes, and, and she some, always tells it, like, one louder. And sometimes that just comes across as as just, like, abrasive in a way that doesn't work for me, but it works for some people. It obviously works for a lot of people, right. because she is a very successful woman at what she does. Um, but in this regard, it's good to know that she's an actual human being behind what she does for a living. Yeah. So anyway, she's my anti D bag just simply because I felt like she shared something incredibly relatable and I think is being supported for it. And I just want to add this because I just I'm afraid to get the emails that like that she just is sharing her experience of a work being a working mom. And it is a unique experience and it is in no way standing in judgment of other choices that people make in terms of parenting because sometimes i think that when when somebody says something about being a working mom it or being a stay-at-home mom or whatever that like there's a concern that that's contributing to the mommy wars i don't think that that's what's happening i think she's just naming what the challenges are for for the choices that she's made as a parent and that she's saying like i i get personally fulfilled by my job and also i miss being around my baby yeah when we come back on the colleen and bradley show is a jumpsuit semi-formal attire oh can a jumpsuit be considered semi-formal attire Hmm. there is a school that does not believe that is the case 
651-641-1071. Can a jumpsuit be considered semi-formal attire? After this, on my... Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.